discover the inherent power of God in you. Whether there are challenges or not, we are still the same. We are constant. God is constant. God does not change. And that is the life that we have received. It says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That is the same life we have also received. We are also the same yesterday, today, and forever. What kind of life? We, we, we are the same because we have the same life with Christ. So when you think about God, think about you. Because everything he is, that is why he told Abraham, he said, I am your, your exceeding great reward. God gave himself as a reward to Abraham. And we are the seed of Abraham. Therefore, we have inherited God himself. Listen to Pastor Oti Boateng as Christ is magnified in you. you specially to two nights of glory tonight is the very first night and i know the holy spirit is here to bless us hallelujah Hallelujah. give the lord a shout you may kindly take your seats in heavenly places where you belong hallelujah Hallelujah. he did it all for me right so there's no reason why you should be sad ever in your life never be sad because of anyone because of anything because of any situation look at romans romans chapter 8 let's read romans chapter 8 verse 35 okay let's read verse 31 since you've taken us to 31 let's go to 31 what shall we then say to these things if god be for us who can be against us who can be against us? My life is made. I'm set up for victory. I'm set up for success. All the days of my life. That is my life. Hallelujah. That's why you rejoice your way throughout life. Yeah. He says the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Who can be against us? If God be for us, who can be against us? He that spared not his own son. He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all. He spared not his own son. If he did not spare Jesus because of you. You know if you are the only one here on earth, Jesus will still have come to die. God will still have sent Jesus to come and die for you. That is how special you are. He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not? I mean, how? How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Keep your finger here. Go to this chapter 8, right? Now go to chapter 5. Let's read verse 8 into 9. Okay? Chapter 5. Romans chapter 5. Verse 8 says, But God commended his love toward us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Next verse. How much more then, being now justified by his blood? When we were sinners, he died. But God commended his love towards us. In that while we were yet sinners, Christ died. Christ did not die for good people. He died for bad people. He died for sinners. Jesus did not die for Christians. He died for sinners. But God commended. This is the commendation of God's love. This is what the demonstration of God's love taught us in that while we were yet sinners Christ died for us 
if he died while we're yet sinners, how much more? Now that you have accepted the fact that he did die for you, how much more than being now declared not guilty, being now justified by his blood, being now brought in by his blood? We are not go- we don't we don't keep going to the Father every day. We don't enter the presence of the Lord and then come out. We were born in front of him. We were born in his presence. Of his own will begat he us. By his own will he gave birth to us. That's how special we are to him. Never let anything or anyone make you feel any other way. Don't let your experience or your inexperience make you feel any other way. What God says is true. Let God be true and all men liars. Including your own self. Including your own mind. Okay? Sometimes your mind will tell you, God doesn't like you. God doesn't love you. God hates you. Because you did this. And because you did that. So God is not interested in your life. God commended this love towards us. In that while we were yet sinners, Christ died. While we were yet sinners, Christ died. Go to verse 6. Go back. Romans 5, 6. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. For when we were yet without strength, in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. Not for the godly. He died for the ungodly. Then he says, how much more then, now that we are justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. There is no wrath from anywhere. God cannot be angry with you. Can you imagine? God cannot be angry with you. The, the, the level at which God could have been angry with you has passed. It has passed. There's nothing you can do or will not do that will make God angry with you. Amazing. amazing. Isn't it amazing? Much more than. Much more than being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. Look at the next verse 10. For if when we were enemies, when we were enemies, we were reconciled, or we were made, we were made friends with God. If we were made friends when we were enemies, not when we were good. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, how much more being reconciled? He says we shall be saved by his life. We shall be saved by his life. There's nothing that can take us away from him. There's nothing. Who is he that condemneth? Let's go back to that place, chapter 8. That's why the book of Romans is nice. It presents an argument concerning what God has done in Christ for us. And how sin, fear, and Satan has no influence on the children of God. Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justified. It is God that declared you not guilty. So who shall, the one who could have laid a charge against you now says that you are not guilty before him. So he says, who? You've been vindicated long ago. Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifieth. Yea. Next verse. He says, who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died. Yea, rather. That is risen again. He didn't just die. He died and rose again. Who is even at the right hand of God? Who also maketh intercession for us? He rose again so that he can make intercession for you. 
First John chapter 2 verse 1. These things write I unto you, my little children. These things write I unto you, that you sin not. And he says, and if any man sin, if any man sin, we have an advocate, we have an intercessor. We have someone who talks on our behalf. We have an advocate who is with the Father. His name is Jesus Christ. And he's the righteous. He's the righteousness of God. He's the righteous one. He's the one who was tempted in all sins and yet without sin. And he is now your righteousness. What a blessing. So even if you feel some guilt in your mind because of one thing or the other, he says, turn to the one who is now your, your righteousness. I have so many things to share with you. Don't be afraid. Tell neighbor, don't be afraid. In life. Be confident. Christ died so that you be confident in life. Yeah. He died so that you be confident in life. Go back to that place. Romans chapter 8. I want to read. There's something I want to say to you and then I'll go to what I want to share with you. Who is he that condemned? It is Christ that died. Yea, rather, that is risen again. Who is even at the right hand of God? Who also maketh intercession for us? Next verse. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Who? The man died. So what are you talking about? You know people say that I'll die for you because I love you. But when it really comes to it, you realize that they can't do it. It doesn't work. But this man died. Yes, he died because of you. He died because of love. Then he says, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Nobody. Then he starts mentioning the things, the probable things that will cause someone to think that God does not love me. Because I'm going through this, maybe God does not love me. Maybe I've been taken away from the love of God. Maybe God has ignored me. Maybe because this has not been, my prayer has not been answered, God has, God has not liked me anymore. It says, shall tribulation. There's no tribulation that you go through. Whilst you are going through the tribulation, he will hug you in the tribulation. You know, there was this man who was arrested in, a, who was caught in Iraq and they were, you know, torturing him. They were using, they were burning him with fire in different parts of his body. And they were chopping some of his fingertips, you know, gradually. He said with every burn, he felt the embrace of Christ. Wow. Even in the midst of the tribulation, he was feeling the embrace of Christ. The more they burnt him, the more he felt the embrace of Jesus. Jesus made him know, they did the same thing to me. I can feel your pain. He didn't say, he didn't save him. He hugged him. In his pain. Yeah. You're asking, why didn't he save him? Because the highest medal in the kingdom of God is tribulation. Going through tribulation. That's the highest. When you go through tribulation, that is when you feel the love of God the most. <laughs> or distress. Sound distress. Maybe some things are happening that is causing you to be distressed. Do you understand distress? What does it mean? You don't understand. Let's look at the dictionary. Distress. This is what NLT. Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity? Do you see? Distress is what? Calamity. Something you were not expecting to happen has happened. Or is happening. In the midst of your calamity, Paul said that we were pressed beyond measure. 
we were close to death. Second Corinthians chapter one. But in the midst of that, the Lord comforted us. It's an amazing thing. Persecution, shall persecution, or hunger, or or being destitute, or in danger, or threatened with death. Next verse. As it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. He was a preacher, and this is what he said about himself. Because of the people, he says, we are counted as sheep for the slaughter all the day long. Next verse. And he says, nay, in all these things, in all the tribulations, in all the persecutions, in all the distresses, in all the calamities, in all the hunger, in all the peril, in all the things that you could ever go through, he says, you are more than a conqueror. We are more than conquerors. Through him, it is through him who loved us. It is your knowledge of his love for you. We are more than conquerors. See, I'm more than a conqueror. So no matter what you're going through, sometimes you are going through something, you pray about it and it doesn't go. You see, you pray about it, it doesn't go. You're going through a challenge, you're praying, it's not going. The reason why it's not going is because God trusts you. He knows that you can face that situation and come out a success. Yeah. He knows that that head though is not a problem for you. You try to jump, you go under, you run right under it. You try to jump, you run right under it. Don't worry. He knows that you have the potential, the ability to jump over it. So don't worry. He trusts you. Tell me about God trusts you. That you can conquer that challenge. So don't be afraid. Don't be dispirited. Don't be angry. God knows you are the one who can go through that kind of a challenge and come out a success. Yeah. He wants you to prove the word. You understand? You know, sometimes you 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 train something, you train someone, and you want him to go through a challenge for the purpose of revealing the training or testing the training you have given to him. Haven't you noticed that before? Every single thing that comes out in the market has gone through whatever it is they say it can go through. They say it is water resistance, they put it in water. If they say it's fire resistance, they burnt it with fire on their own. The producer burnt it with fire to test. That is why it is fire resistant. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. So sometimes you see yourself going through some things. It's like, oh, I thought I'm more than a conqueror. I thought no weapon fashioned against me shall prosper. So what's wrong with this? No, he trusts you. Tell anybody he trusts you. To be able to come out of that, proving his word and what he has done in your life. Hallelujah. See, I can never go down. Okay, no matter what, you can't go down. It's not possible. You can't. It's not possible. You can't. It's not possible. No matter what. No matter what is happening. No matter what level you are on. Your destiny has been written in stone. And nothing can wipe it away. Your destiny is glory. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Do you like what I'm sharing with you? So tonight I want to share a few things with you. This is just an introduction to what I'm going to share with you. I've written a lot of things. But the main thing is that I want to pray for you. Okay? 
I want to pray for you. You know, when we meet you like this, there are a number of things that happen um, in meetings like this. You may not feel anything or see anything, but there's something that happens spiritually speaking. It's a, it's a spiritual organization. It's a spiritual um, meeting. And the Holy Spirit is here. He's in you. You came with him. And I also came with him. But he's here in a very special way. The angels of God that go with you always are here. And there are special angels that are assigned for every single meeting like this. So Paul said to the Roman church in, in Romans chapter 1, verse 10 to verse 11. Are you here? I'm talking a little bit slowly. And I, I don't know. I don't know why it's like that. Maybe as we go, to go up. Okay, so you just follow me carefully, okay? This portal says, making requests, if by any means now at length I might have a prosperous journey by the will of God to come unto you. It says, I want to come unto you. I want God to bring me on my journey to come and see you. Then it says, for I long to see you. Oh, how I've longed to meet you in this meeting. Yes. Yesterday I was praying and God told me, you've not prepared enough for the meeting. I was telling Pastor Alex, he said, you've not prepared enough for the meeting. There's, I want to give my people something very special. So prepare adequately for it. So when I woke up in the morning, I came straight to the office. Just so that I can be in preparation. Not, not trying to put a message together, but just praying to prepare myself for the release of the Spirit that He wants. I mean, whatever He wants to give to you. It says, For I long to see you that I may impart unto you some spiritual gift. You see? So in meetings like this, some spiritual gift is imparted to you. Something special is given to you. The whole atmosphere is different. You see, when you attend meetings like this, you realize that the the feeling you have is different from the feeling you had when you were coming from the house. It's different. Do you see? There's a spiritual atmosphere that God creates for the purpose of blessing his children, for the purpose of upgrading his children. God is into upgrades. Just as you upgrade your phone and update your phone, God is also in interested in upgrading and updating you. Do you see? Yeah. So he knows what you need for your life at every single level. Of your life. He knows what you're going through. I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what's happening with you. I don't know what's happening in your world. But God has sent me to you. to, But just by seeing you. Just by seeing you. There's some spiritual gift that is imparted to you. For a certain purpose. It's to the end that ye may be established. That is the reason. For the purpose of your establishment. Okay. For the purpose of your establishment. Now if you read in. Go to chapter 15. Romans chapter 15. Let's read verse 28 into 29. I'm showing you why we are meeting. Okay? Are you in the church? So that you, you can have a certain understanding. So that you can have a certain expectation. You must have a certain expectation. He says, When therefore I have performed this and have sealed to them this fruit, I will come by you into Spain. I will come through you into Spain. I will come through Italy and then get to Spain. Next verse. Then he says, And I am sure that when I come unto you, I am sure that when I am coming, I shall come in the fullness of the blessing of the gospel of Christ. And today I'm telling you that I am sure that as I have come to you, I have come unto you in the fullness of the blessing of the gospel of Christ. 
for this purpose, for the purpose of your establishment. For the purpose of your establishment. It is so important to God. The word establishment in Romans chapter 1 verse 11 is the Greek word episterizo. E-P-I-S-T-E-R-I-Z-O. Episterizo. It means to establish. Okay? To establish somebody. To confirm somebody. To reaffirm. Okay? Yeah. To fix properly. To strengthen some more. Hallelujah. Since when I see you, I'll be coming in the fullness of the blessing of the gospel of Christ. Because of the purpose of spiritual gifts, spiritual impacts on your life. To the end that you may be established. Established where? Established in the faith. Established in the gospel. Meetings like these were organized by the apostles. It's not a normal Sunday service. It's different. Okay? There are things that you get in a Sunday service. And there are things that you get when you come for a special service. Like I'm conscious of the fact that you have to travel from far to come. Do you see? Some of you have come from Kronom, from Pechi, from uh, Chanoso, Ebuakwa, Santase, Eputoja, right? Is it, it's beyond Eputoja, right? What's, what's the place? Jache. You come from far. Where? Honeymoon. <laughs> Honeymoon. You didn't come from far. Hallelujah. So it's not it's not a time to you know play. It's a time to really see what God has for us. You see, it's a very special time. And like I was saying, these are meetings that were organized in the in the in the early days for the purpose of establishing the church. If you read in Acts chapter 14, look at Acts chapter 14, verse 22. Let's read from verse 23. I mean, 21 into 22, so that we can understand it well, okay? And when they had preached the gospel to that city and had taught many, they returned again to Lystra and Iconium and Antioch. You know, so they were, they were going back to the places they had preached in. They had already preached there. They had set up churches there. They went back to those places for a certain purpose. Look at the verse. Confirming the souls of the disciples. The word confirming is the word episterizo. Is a word to establish. They came for meetings for the purpose of establishment, to establish the people. Okay? Confirming the souls of the disciples and exhorting them to continue in the faith and that we must through much tribulation enter into the kingdom of God. They came to confirm them so that no matter what comes, no matter the wind that blows, they'll still be stable. No matter what happens, they'll still be stable. They are firmly fixed in Christ. Some people are loosely fixed in Christ. These meetings are held to help you to be firmly fixed in Christ. Firmly fixed in your knowledge and your revelation of who he is. Hallelujah. Go to chapter 15 verse 20 verse 32. Chapter 15 verse 32. And Judas and Silas being prophets also themselves exhorted the brethren with many words and confirmed them. Have you seen it? They confirmed them. They established them. They strengthened them. Spiritually speaking. By empower- How is this establishment done? By the impartation of the Spirit. 
through the word, through the ministry of the word. Okay? Are you in the church? Yeah. So that's why we say we are products of many meetings. There are certain meetings that you attend that helps you. It changes a lot about you. It helps you know that what you have believed is right. And helps you know that no matter what is going on, you, you can only be on top. And this is one of those meetings. Yeah. That is why these two meetings are... This, these are my last meetings in Kumase. Yes. So it's very dear to my heart. I don't, we don't have to have thousands of people here before I know it's a very important meeting. Even if it was just one person who came, I know that it's a very important meeting. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Go to verse 41. Chapter 15, 41. And he went through Syria. This is Paul. He went through Syria and Cilicia confirming the churches. Have you seen it? Same thing. Establishing. Episterizo. There are two words. Sterizo and an episterizo. For the purpose of confirming the people. Strengthening them. In the revelation that they know. That they have. Of God. Of Christ. Okay. Now. Go to Romans. Okay, this is, uh, this is Amplified. The Amplified says this. And he passed to Syria and Cilicia, establishing and strengthening the churches. He was establishing and strengthening the churches by special meetings. He says, I can't wait to see you, that I may impart unto you some spiritual gift. As I'm talking to you now, the power of God is all over. You see, you came with the power of God, but there's, there's a power that has been worked, that is working around you right now. Okay? For the purpose of, it's, it's like capillary action, to pull, to pull you up, to let you know that you can do something with your life. It is not over. Your life is not over. This, your life is not over. You can, you can do something, you can produce fruits, results for yourself. You can live out Christ wherever you find yourself. Romans chapter 16, verse 25. Romans 16, 25. He says, now to him that is of power to establish you. He says, there's someone who has power, his name is God, to establish you. How does he establish you? How is the establishment done? What is he talking about? Do you understand what I'm trying to say? I'm talking about establishment. Meetings like this is for the purpose of what? Confirming your soul, confirming you, establishing you. I know in the Catholic Church, they go through it once and then they say you have, you've gone through confirmation classes. It goes beyond that kind of class. It's, it's, it's not like that. There are different levels that you need, to be, you need to be confirmed. You need to be established. Okay? Peter spoke about it. He says, you are established in the present truth. You know, it's like building. Um, it's like pushing a car up a hill. When you push it to a point, you put some blocks around it to establish it at that level that you've gotten it to. You rest a little and then you push it some more. So meetings like this are for the purpose of establishing you for the next level of your life. It's like a maintenance on a vehicle. Every vehicle needs to be maintained in order for it to be able to do more. Same thing in the spirit. In the spirit you need to be upgraded. You need to be established, strengthened so that you can go more. It's a time for more grace to be able to do more. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, be ready for it. 
Okay? Whether you like it or not, it's happening to you live. As I'm talking to, as I'm talking to you, God is upgrading you. He's updating you. I may say things you have heard before. And that is actually important. I must say things that you have heard before. But as you are hearing them, you hear them in a different way. And the Lord will establish you in what you already know. So that you can produce more fruits. As I'm talking to you, the eyes of your understanding is being enlightened by the power of the Holy Spirit. You are being granted access into more revelation. Okay? As I'm talking to you, if there's any sickness in your body, it is falling out. If there's any uncertainties in your life, those uncertainties are vanishing. That is exactly what is happening in the realm of the Spirit. As you are hearing the word. As you come for this meeting, these meetings, there are two nights. Tonight and the next one. As you come for these meetings, know that it is time for an upgrade. It is time for a new level. It's time to be able to accomplish more than I was accomplishing in my business, in my family, in my education, in my academics, in my in every aspect of your life. An upgrade. Say an upgrade. upgrade. So he says, now to him that is of power, has power to establish you according to my gospel. The establishment is according to the gospel. And the preaching of Jesus Christ. The means of getting you established is by a speci- there's a specific thing that is used for your ab- for your upgrading, and that's what he's talking about here. Okay, you remember he says that I long to see you that I may impart unto you some spiritual gifts. So spiritual gift is the means of getting you established, isn't it? Now the spiritual gift comes in something. He's not talking about the nine gifts of the spirit. Okay? He's not talking about the nine gifts of the spirit. He's talking about spiritual upgrade, like I said. An impartation of the spirit. Higher than you have known. Getting you into a, a, a fellowship life with the Lord that you have not known before. That is why he said, when, I'm, when I come to you, I am sure, I am certain that I'll come in the fullness of the blessing of the gospel of Christ. Meaning that it is going to be a time for you to be upgraded in blessings. A time for you to be upgraded in, in, the, in the consciousness or in the fruitfulness of the blessings of Christ. Please, you understand? Okay, so go back to that place. Now to him that is of power, has power to establish you according to my gospel. And the preaching of Jesus Christ. According to the revelation of the mystery which was kept secret since the world began. So there's a secret. There's a revelation of a certain mystery which was kept secret since the world began. He says your upgrade, okay, which comes by the impartation of the spirit, that spiritual gift I'm talking about, functions in that particular thing. The impartation of the spirit is inside a box and that box is the mystery that has been hidden since time began. Next verse. But now it's made manifest. This mystery has actually been made manifest. And by the scripture of the prophets, according to the commandment of the everlasting God, made known to all nations for obedience of, for the obedience of faith. Okay, let's read the BBE. I think it will help us from verse 25. It will help us understand what I'm trying to say. Okay? Alright. So whenever we call for meetings like this, just expect one thing. Establishment. How? Through a revelation, a deeper revelation. Of the mystery which has been hid since time began. I'll talk about that mystery in the next few seconds. Because that is the means by which that spiritual impact, that spiritual gift is imparted to you. 
Are you in the church? Okay. Now to him who is able to make you strong in agreement with the good news. He says he will make you strong in agreement. The level to which you agree with the gospel is strengthened. Do you understand? (laughs) What you need for your life is a better understanding of the gospel. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. For the gospel is the power of God. The power of God is the gospel. The gospel of Jesus Christ. The good news concerning Jesus Christ. His life, his death, his burial, his resurrection. That is where your blessing lies. It's not in trying to look like Elijah. It's not in trying to look like Elisha. Or trying to be like David. No. The new creation, the new creation's upgrade and establishment is inside. It is hidden in the revelation of the gospel. So he says, now to him who is able to make you strong in agreement. So meetings like this make you strong in agreement with the good news. That's why I began by singing the songs I was singing. He did it all for you. Tell anybody, he did it all for you. All because of you. You know, up to date, a lot of Christians don't think that Jesus' death means much. They don't think it means much. But it means everything. That is where the power is. It's called the resurrection power. Resurrection power is what is inside you. But you can be moving around not knowing that the power of God that he used in exerting influence on the body of Christ, on the body of Jesus, for him to be able to come out of the dead. That same power, the highest of God's power, that he has ever exhibited. The height of God's power in exhibition was not in making the, the, the heavens or the earth. It was in bringing Jesus up from the dead. And that power is inside you. So Paul says that I may know him. And the power of his resurrection. That was what Paul was looking out for. The power of the resurrection. Of Jesus' resurrection. Are you in the church? Now these meetings, meetings like this help you. To understand to a, to a point and establish you in that point that oh, this is what I have in me. If the resurrection power is in me, how can I fail? How no, how how can I be how, how can I be on a on a low level? Makes no difference what's happening. You cannot be on a low level. Oh, hallelujah. Okay, so let me let me do this and then we'll close, okay. Now to him who is able to make strong, make you strong in agreement with the good news, which I gave you, and the preaching of Jesus Christ, in the light of the revelation of that secret which has been kept through times eternal. It is in the light. Your establishment is in the light of the revelation of that secret which has been kept through the times eternal. Next verse. But it's now made clear, and by the writings of the prophets, it is in the writings of the prophets, and in, in order, it's in the writings of the prophets, by the order of the eternal God. The knowledge of it has been given to all the nations, so that they may come under the rule of the faith. Next verse. To the only wise God, through Jesus Christ, be glory forever, so be it. So what is this? Instrument through which the impartation of the Spirit for your upgrade. What is it? He says it's a secret that has been hidden, but it's made available now. It's said so many times in the scriptures. 
I don't know if you want to know it. Let me show you one thing and I'll show you that particular one. Okay? So go to Ephesians chapter 3. Let's read from verse 7. Ephesians 3 from verse 7. If you get this, you can upgrade yourself all the time. You don't even have to wait for a a meeting. You can do your own upgrade in your own room. If you understand what I'm telling you now. Wherefore, I was made a minister according to the gift of the grace of God given unto me by the effectual working of his power. This is Paul talking. Next verse. Unto me, who am less than the least of all saints, is this grace given, that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. You understand why he's talking about this in a, very, in, in, in a few seconds, okay? Next verse. And to make all men see what is the fellowship or the participation in of the mystery. You see, he's also he's mentioning a mystery here. He says, I'm, I'm sent by God to make all men see what is the fellowship or the participation or the communion of the mystery which from the beginning of the world has been hid in God who treated all things by Jesus Christ. Next verse. To the intent, the reason why he hid it is that now, that is today, unto the principalities and powers in heavenly places might be known by the church. Who are the church? You and I. He says by us. He hid this revelation. He hid this mystery in times past from the prophets, from the apostles, from all those people who came before us. So that during our time, by us, he will make the, the, the principalities and powers know the wisdom, the manifold wisdom, the manifold excellence of God by you and I. Are you understanding? Yeah. Meaning that your life is set for the display of God. Your life is set for the display of the wisdom of God. By you, he says, principalities. You, do you know angels are watching to see how you live your life? And learn how you live your life. How much, how blessed we are. We are too blessed, the man of God. We are too blessed. He says, by us, principalities and powers in heavenly places might be known by the church. The wisdom, the manifold wisdom of God. Next verse, verse 11. It is according to the eternal purpose, which he purposed in Christ Jesus our Lord. This is the purpose of God, which he purposed in Christ Jesus for you and for me. That by you, the principalities and powers, Arrayed in the heavenly places might be known. By you, they will know the wisdom of God. The manifold wisdom of God by your life. How special you are. See how much God has honored you. So as you are living your life on a daily basis, your life is a display of the wisdom of God. For the principalities and powers to learn and see the many-sided wisdom of God. The many-sided virtues and excellence of God by you and I. Say I'm special. I'm special. Say it like you mean it. Say I'm special. special. Sometimes they wonder, how come you're going through this and you're still loving God? So Peter says, you have not seen Jesus, but you love him. And rejoice with joy unspeakable that is full of glory. So now let me show you the mystery. You know it. Tell anybody you know it. But I'll show it to you again. Go to Colossians chapter 1. Let's read from verse 25. Colossians 1 25. It says, This is the, this is the instrument for your establishment. 
it is the means of your establishment. He says, Whereof I am made a minister, according to the dispensation of God, which is given to me for you to fulfill the word of God or to complete the word of God. Next verse. Even the mystery which has been hid from ages and from generations. So you see, he's talking about the same thing, right? But in these verses, he mentions exactly what the mystery is. Even the mystery which has been hid from ages and from generations, but now is made manifest to his saints. This mystery was hidden. It was hidden from David. David didn't know it. It was hidden from Moses of all people. Can you imagine? That God hid something from Moses to reveal to you. Can you imagine? That Moses was desiring to see your day. Keep your finger here. Go to First Peter chapter 1. Let's read from verse 12. Yeah. They were, they were waiting to see your day. He says, unto whom it was revealed. Let's probably let's read from verse 11. That makes more sense, okay? Go to verse 10. He says, of which salvation, of your salvation, the prophets have inquired. When it comes to your salvation, the prophets were asking about it. They were inquiring from God. How they couldn't understand how the sinner could be justified. How can the sinner be justified? Because they knew God, they knew how holy God was. And how you could not stand before, you couldn't even come close. How come the sinner will be justified? No, no, no. I did, they couldn't understand. How would how how is it gonna happen? They thought about it for a long time. Of which salvation the prophets have inquired and searched diligently. They searched diligently. Elisha searched it. Elijah searched it. Jeremiah searched it diligently. Daniel searched it diligently. Moses searched it diligently concerning you. So when you're moving around like a clueless young man, a clueless young lady, they wonder what what is going on. It's a very it's it's a pain. To be honest with you, it's a pain. Okay, to to God. That those he has accepted do not know that he has accepted them. Keep, okay, keep your finger. I go back to what we're reading. We're reading Ephesians chapter 3, right? We read verse 7, 8, and then 9. We didn't read 10. So let's go to 9 into 10. Go back to that place. Ephesians 3. And to make all men see, next verse, verse 10. To the intent that, next verse, verse 11. Go. Then it says, according to the eternal purpose which he purposed in Christ Jesus our Lord. Remember this, right? Now go to the next verse. In Christ, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence by the faith of him. He says, in him, because we are in him now, we have boldness. Listen, never think that, oh, God does not like me. I don't know if maybe, uh, uh, he, he. listen, the boldness that God wants you to have in life, eh? Have you seen a rich man's son before? Yeah. He's bold. He doesn't, he doesn't, he talks with he talks without carefulness. That's how God wants. God wants you to think and talk big. He says, in him, in Christ, we have boldness. We have boldness. The word boldness is parasha. We have boldness and access. We have access. Brother, say we have access. We have access. In Ephesians chapter 1, he, he lets us know that we are accepted in the beloved. We are accepted. You have access. We have access with God. God is not angry with you. 
God does not hate you at all. God loves you into details. And he wants you to be confident in his love. Be confident in his love. Demons will run away from you when they know how confident you are in his love. You know that he loves you so much that nothing, there's nothing hatched out of hell that can touch you. There's no experience that you can go to that can kill you. There's nothing that can happen to you. One man of God said that he used to sing a particular song. You know, something good is going to happen to you. Something good is going to happen. Something good. Then God asked him, can something good happen to you? Can something good happen to God? Can something happen to God? Nothing happens to God. God is the one who happens. No worry, that's a high upgrade. When we get there, I'll let you know that we have gotten there. We are not there yet. He says, in him we have boldness. In Christ we have boldness and have access with confidence by the faith of not our faith, by his faith. What was his faith? His faith was that when he gives his life, he will come. And when he gives his life, you will be an extension of him in this world. By that was the faith of the Son of God who loved us and gave himself for us. Please you understand what I'm saying. Jesus had faith when he was dying. He knew that when he dies, you will come. And you will come and continue his good works. How God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power. Who went about doing good. That is your life. How God anointed Carlos with the Holy Ghost and with power. Who went about doing good. And healing all that were oppressed of the devil. That is your life. Say that is my life. So you are not the one to be oppressed with devils. No. Christians who don't have the instruments of the updates okay, always feel that they are oppressed by a devil. It is the easiest, that is the easiest thing to deal with in Christ. Are you born again? He says they shall, those who believe shall cast out, that's the first thing, in my name shall they cast out devils. Casting out devils is the easiest of them all. It's class one, it's even nursery. Casting out devils is nursery, it's kindergarten. If there's an influence of the devil around you, just cast it out in the name of Jesus. You don't, you don't need any faith. His, his name is good enough. In my name shall they cast out devils. Did he say when they have built themselves up in faith? No, in my name shall they cast out devils. And he meant, he, he meant it. He knew what he was talking about. Are you in the church? Yeah. Now go back to that place. Say so we have access. We have access. Say it again. I have access. I have access. We have access with boldness, with confidence. Tell me about be confident. In who you are. In what you have become. That is what you need. That is what you need. The more confident you are, the more impartations of the Spirit you receive. The more confident you become. The more impartations of the Spirit you receive. And the more confident you become, the more impartations of the Spirit you receive. So watch out for anything that robs you of confidence in Christ, in God. Anything that robs you, makes you feel that you are not capable enough. If only you could fast enough. If only you could pray enough. If only you could study the word enough. 
It is in your own interest to study the word. Because it is the meal of the new creature. It is your food. Do you understand? Yeah. Okay. Now, go back to that place. Go to First Peter chapter 1, verse, verse 10. He says, of which salvation, of our salvation, the prophets have inquired and searched diligently. Who prophesied of the grace that should come unto you? They spoke about the grace that should come unto you. Unto you and I. What is grace? Grace is God helping you. Isn't it? Grace is God at work and you at rest. He says, they prophesied of the grace that should come unto you. They spoke about the grace of God. How that God is going to be doing so many things with you and for you. The grace of God that should come unto you. Are you in the church? Or you are sleeping? Next verse. Searching what or what manner of time the spirit of Christ, which was in them, did signify. When it testified beforehand the sufferings of Christ and the glory that should come. Has Christ suffered? Yeah. Has Jesus suffered? Yeah. What follows after Jesus' suffering? Yeah. Glory. Who is that glory? You. Me. Okay, you keep your finger. Let's go back to that place. Go to Colossians. I don't know if you are catching it. So I just want to show you the, the, the equipment for updates. Okay, spiritual updates. Okay? I can't wait to see you. That I may impart unto you what? Some spiritual gift. To the extent, to the end that you may be established. When I'm coming, I'm sure that I'll come in the fullness of the blessings of the gospel of Christ. Isn't it? Now, how does that, how does that happen? What is the context or the content of the word that is preached that makes you establish? Okay? That's what I'm trying to let you know. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So we read in Romans chapter 16 where it mentions that there's a mystery that was hidden in times past. By that mystery, God establishes you. Do you see? Uh So now we are trying to find out what is that mystery. So that's what is here. He says, even the mystery which has been hidden from ages and from generations. And I tried to explain to you that these people did not know this particular thing that I'm coming to tell you. Even the mystery which has been hid from ages and from generations, but now is made manifest to who? His saints. Meaning that every saint is supposed to know it. He's made it available for every one of his children to know it. But where a lot of us think that it's not powerful enough. You see, we think that it's not powerful enough. So every now and then, God brings an update for you to know that this thing is real. It is true. It is not false. It is true. This is it. This is what you need for your life. This is what you need to go forward. This is what you need to do well. This is what you need to stay in health and in strength and in wisdom. This is what you need to stay in, in wealth. It's not seeing a certain man of God somewhere. Man of God, are you listening to what I'm saying? It's not in going to see somebody somewhere. It's not in getting some oil. It's not in doing some things. No. No. He says, even the mission which has been hid from ages and from generations, but now is made manifest with sins. What is the mission? Next verse. To whom God would make known. This is God's will. God wants. God wills to make known the riches of the glory of this mystery. This mystery comes with glory. Among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you. Which is Christ in you. 
This is the revelation. So, in that revelation of Christ in you, the deeper you go, okay, the deeper you go, the more updated you are. What does it mean for Christ to be in me? Who is Christ in me? Who is Jesus in me? Who is Christ in me? Is he really in me? Is he really in me? Where is Jesus? Is he seated in the heavens? No. Why is he? He's in me. What is he doing in me? Christ in you. The confidence of your knowledge in the fact that Christ is in you is the hope of glory. The hope of enjoying glory all the days of your life. No matter which corner you find yourself in, you can only shout glory. Even if your pay is 200 Ghana cities, makes no difference. Your knowledge of the fact that Christ is in you will change everything around you. That's the truth. He says that is the vehicle by which you are established, by which you are updated, by which you are strengthened, by which you are carried to the next level. So fresher knowledge concerning revelations of who Christ is in you is what brings glory into your life. It's what increases you. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah. That's it. That's what you need. That's what you need. Nothing nothing more, nothing less. That's what you need. That's what you need. Yeah. Yeah. But don't, don't spend time on unnecessary things. Spend time on who Christ is in you. Spend time meditating on who Christ is in you. Who is in me? But of him are ye in Christ. Who of God is made unto us wisdom. I do not lack wisdom. Wisdom is in me. Yeah. 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 Head of the stages. Wisdom. Hmm? You are wondering if what is happening is true. Stand up. Stand up. Is your first time in a meeting like this? It's your first time. Come. Lift your hand. Do you want to experience what others are experiencing? You like it? Okay, then have it. Close your eyes. Speak in tongues. Loda, Ladaba, Shegelebe, Lega, 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 Lega. It's real. That is the that is the place for power. That is the place for for gathering oil, for gathering power, for every single thing that you need in life. Establishments on the present level on which you are. For the purpose of you going forward. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Take your seat for two minutes. I'll be closing soon. Listen. But of him. This is the mystery. That was hidden. Can you imagine how important this thing is? And we always ignore it. Oh my God. We're always ignoring it. What Moses, what was hidden from Moses? Is what I just said to you. This is it. Yeah. What Moses was looking for, like if Moses gets this one. You know, Moses, Moses said to God, if your presence does not go with me, I will not go. He told, he told God, show me your glory. After he had seen the glory of God, he told God, show me your glory. This was what he was asking for. This is what he was asking for. Forty days on the mountain. This is what Moses was looking for. Moses' walk with God was for the purpose of seeing the glory that we have today. 
yet we keep looking behind. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 3. Let's read from verse 7. Last scripture and then we'll close, okay? I want to pray for the sake. I want to pray for you before we close, so I won't take much time. But next next Friday, I'll take more time. Okay? This is just to help you prepare your mind. Okay? Now, he says, but if the ministration of death written and engraven in stones was glorious so that the children of Israel could not steadfastly behold the face of Moses for the glory of his, of his countenance, which glory was to be done away. Now when we say glory, what does it mean? Glory means dignity. Glory means the weight of God's presence. Okay? Glory is God. God himself is glory. So when God shows up, glory has showed up. Do you understand? The Bible says when Solomon dedicated the temple and he offered the sacrifice, the whole temple was filled with the glory of God. To the extent that nobody could stand on their feet and nobody could enter the temple. They all went down. God filled that particular temple. He showed up there. Have you seen it? What does the glory of God do? In the Old Testament, in Moses' glory, there was a glory that Moses came with. Okay? Moses came with the, with the presence of God. To Israel. And that glory or that presence is what got the Israelites out of Egypt. And worked all the miracles you know in the Bible. All the miracles you know in the Bible was because of the glory that Moses carried. Because of his relationship with God. Are you in the church? Yeah. Go to Nehemiah chapter 12. Let's read from verse 10. Nehemiah chapter 12 from verse 10. No, chapter 9. Go to chapter 9. Nehemiah chapter 9, rather. Lego Hada. Rabde Hesho. Mezo Hada. Chapter 9 from verse 10. It's, it's a lot. He, he's showing you what this glory that was to be done away with. Remember, I just mentioned a scripture to you in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 7, isn't it? Let's go back there and then we'll come back to this place, okay? Am I helping you? Yes. Okay. But if the ministration of death, he calls it the ministration of death, the service of death, what he gave out was death. The glory that Moses had gave out death. Because if you did anything wrong, you are dead. You are dead. The number of people who died in the wilderness, so many. It was the ministration of death. And it culminated in the giving out of the law. Do you see? And the law could not make anyone righteous. The law said, if you do everything that is in the law, then you can be declared not guilty before God. But in the new creature, he declares you not guilty before he sends you out. <laughs> what they were looking for, you get as your start, as your start point. So he's just, I'm, I'm just going to show you what the glory of God that Moses had did in the Old Testament and compared to the glory that you should be expecting. So that's what I'm going to do for you. Okay, so he says, But if the administration of death, written and engraven in stones, was glorious, it was full of glory, so that the children of Israel could not satisfy behold the face of Moses for the glory of his countenance, which glory was to be done away. Do you see? They could not behold, they could not look at his face. The glory that he experienced as he was taking, being with God, brought him so much glory that the glory began to show in his face. 
when he came down from the mountain, the people could not look at him. They could not, they had to, he had to put something over his face for them to be able to get close. He was shining like the sun. Literally. Hallelujah. Literally, he was shining like the sun. Are you in the church? Okay. Next verse. Go to the next verse. How shall the ministration of the Spirit be rather glorious? If that one, which is the ministration of, the, of death, was full of glory and accomplished certain things. I'm going to show you what it accomplished. Go to Nehemiah chapter, chapter 9, verse, verse 10. He says, And showed signs and wonders unto Pharaoh, and on all his servants, and on, on all the people of his land. For thou knewest that they dwelt, they dealt proudly against them. So didst thou get thee a name as it is this day. He's talking about what God did. Are you in the church? Yeah. What God did with Israel. He showed so much power. You know it. Yeah. Lies came up. Frogs came up. The sea turned, the waters turned to blood. All those wild, wild things that happened in the Old Testament. Okay? Yeah. Next verse. He says, and you also divided the rest. Let's, let's read BB so I can, we can read it faster. By you, the sea, by who? By God. What is glory? Glory is God, right? What is grace? God at work. So grace, glory is the beginning of grace. If God does not show up, he cannot work. Uh-huh. So there's a glory that we have now that releases the grace of God for God to work on our behalf. Do you see? Okay, so it says, by you, by God, the sea parted before them so that they went through the, the sea on dry land. And, and those who went after them went down into the deep like a stone into great waters. Those who tried to, the Egyptians who tried to kill, kill them or go after them were destroyed, isn't it? It's God who's doing it, right? And you went before them by day in a pillar of cloud. They were conditioned. There was a condition for their lives. In the wilderness. They were walking in the wilderness. But God brought this. And you went before them in a pillar of cloud. And in a pillar of fire by night. To give them light on the way they were to go. This is the glory that was to be done away with. Disposable glory. Next verse. And you came down on Mount Sinai, and your voice came to them from heaven, giving them right decisions and true laws, good rules and orders. And you gave them a word that you gave them word of your holy Sabbath, and gave them orders and rules and a law by the hand of Moses your servant. Next verse. And you gave them bread from heaven. This was the glory of God that was with them did. He gave them bread from heaven. When they, were in the, in, when they were in need and made water come out of the rock for their drink and gave them orders to go in and take for their heritage the land which you had, your hand had been lifted up to give them. He's telling you the things that that glory was able to do. What it accomplished. What God accomplished whilst he was in the Amis. They were fear, the Bible calls them a fearful people. Early in the morning, a cloud comes to provide cool air for them. As they are walking in the desert, cool air. In the desert. Not fake air. Cool air. Air-conditioned air in the midst of the desert. Then in the evening, when it's supposed to become very cold in the desert, it changes to become a pillar of fire. Big fire that provides heat for them. So even in winter, they were, they were kept without any problems. Next verse. The glory condition gave them a condition for their life, for their enjoyment. Glory is for the purpose of your enjoyment. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christ in you, the hope of plenty enjoyment. 
Are you in the church? He showed you what that glory in the Old Testament did for them. It made their life so sweet. What kind of life is that? You wake up in the morning, there's food. He also gave them meat in the morning and also in the evening. Fresh food. Air-conditioned life. No heat. And there's more. Look at this verse. And they, but they and our fathers in their pride made their necks stiff and gave no attention to your orders. They were even disobedient. And would not do them and gave no thought to the wonders you had done among them. They gave no thought to it. But made their necks stiff and, and turning away from you made the captain by themselves to take them back to their prison in, in Egypt. But you are God of forgiveness. You are God of forgiveness. That's what the, that's the, what the glory of God does for you. <laughs> Because God was with them, he was a God of forgiveness, so he forgave them. When Balaam tried to curse him, curse them, what did he say? He says, I've not found, there's no iniquity in, 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 in Israel. No. They had just done something foolish, but he said, there's no iniquity between, in Israel. There's no iniquity in Jacob. There's nothing like that. But you were a God of forgiveness, full of grace and pity, slow to wrath and great in mercy, and you did not give them up. Next verse. Even when they had made for themselves an ox of metal and said, this is your God who took you up out of, of Egypt and had done so much to, to make you angry. Even then, in your great mercy, you did not give them up in the wasteland. And the pillar of clouds still went before them by day, guiding them on their way. And the pillar of fire by night to give them light and make clear the way they were to go. Wow. Next verse. Are you following me? Yeah. And you gave your good spirits to be their teacher. And did not keep back your manner from their mouths after they have done some all those wrong things. And gave them water when they had need of it. Next verse. Truly, for 40 years you were their support in the wasteland. And they were in the, and they were in need of nothing. They were in need of what? Nothing. Clothing did not get old on their clothing did not get old on their feet. Or their feet become tired. Let's read the King James of this one. It's nicer in King James. It says, Yeah, 40 years did thou sustain them in the wilderness, so that they lack nothing. Their clothes wax not old, and their feet swelled not. Next verse. Moreover, thou givest them kingdoms and nations, and this divide them into corners. I don't know if you are following what, what is going on. Their feet did not swell. If a three-year-old came out with three-year-old shoes, when he turned seven, his shoes grew with him. As he grew, his shoes grew with him. His clothes grew with him. That was that glory that came with Moses. That was what was accomplished for them. It made their lives very comfortable. He says that that glory was to be done away with. Because of a glory that exceeds this one. So go back to that place. Second Corinthians chapter. Oh, are you in the church? He says, how shall not the ministration of the spirit be rather glorious? That one was the ministration of death. This one is the ministration of the spirit. Let's read the amplified of this verse. Are you in the church? So what, what, do you, what should you expect for your life? Stress free. Problem free. Are you in the church? Do you like what I'm saying to you? Or you like you like suffering? Yeah, because there are some people who like suffering. It's like if you are if you are not suffering, you are not worshiping God. Yeah. If you are not going down, then you, there's nothing. I mean, you are not really. You need an impetus for your. 
for to move you to prayer. Those guys in the Old Testament, even they enjoy the goodness of God. How much more you? He says, why should not, if that one was there, why should not the dispensation of the Spirit, this spiritual ministry, whose task it is to cause men to obtain and be governed by the Spirit. Have you seen it? This is what it is. This is what the, the New Testament is about. It's for the purpose of you obtaining the Spirit and be governed by the Spirit. How? Through the revelation of the knowledge of Christ in you. Are you in the church? Okay. He says, why should not the dispensation of the Spirit, this spiritual ministry whose task it is to cause men to obtain and be governed by the Holy Spirit, be attended with much greater and more splendid glory? In other words, your life is supposed to get so beautiful that people wonder what is going on. People become afraid of God. David said, you have made my life a wonder unto my generation. That is your life. Listen, when you start believing, it starts happening in your life when you start believing it. When you start believing that you are supposed to be enjoying in life. That's, that's all that is needed from you. Believe that, ah, I'm not supposed to be suffering. I'm not supposed to be going down. I'm supposed to be going up. Why? Because Christ is in me. And if Christ is in me, it is the confident assurance of expectation of only good. The word hope, the word hope in Colossians 1.27 is elpis. That's a word. The Greek word is elpis. It means confident assurance of expectation of good. Of expectation of blessings. Of expectation of joy. Of expectation of every good thing you can think about. A confident expectation of the fact that, listen, my life is one way only. The path of the just has a shining light. That shines brighter and brighter onto the perfect day. What I'm saying to you is called gospel. It's called good news. It's called too good to be true news. That's why it's like you can't even believe what I'm saying. You were born to enjoy. Can you imagine? Tell your neighbor, tell your neighbor, stop suffering. Tell the other neighbor, stop suffering. For nothing. You were born to enjoy. That is your life. So Paul says, I can't wait to see you. I can't wait to see you. I can't wait to see you. That I may impart unto you some spiritual gifts to the end that you may be established. Established in what? Established in your knowledge concerning who Christ is in you. Just I am sure that when I as I come, I'll come in the fullness of the blessings of the gospel of Christ. Not something else. I'll come in the fullness of the blessings that he didn't say I'll come in the fullness of the uncertainties or the curses and all of those things of your, the up and downs, but of the blessings of the fullness of the gospel of Christ. Are you in the church? Christ in you, the hope of glory. Glory alone. Dignity alone. Joy alone. Blessings alone. Goodness alone. Health alone. Prosperity alone. Nothing else. So when you see any other thing, you insist on your rights. When you see any other thing, you say, hey, no, 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 no. This is not this is not for me. This is not for me. This is not where I'm supposed to go. This is the New Testament. This is it. It says to, to go back, go back to that place. Second Corinthians chapter three. Sit down for a moment. Second Corinthians three. It says, why should not the dispensation? This is the dispensation of the Spirit. This spiritual ministry, 
whose task, this is what the Holy Spirit is doing now. His task is to cause men to obtain and be, to obtain the Spirit and be governed by the Spirit. That's why Paul said, when I come to you, I'll impart on you some spiritual gifts. Why? Because I'll be coming in the fullness of the blessing of the gospel of Christ. So that you can, you can, you can receive an impartation for a higher level. A higher level. To, f- to make you firmly fixed in this knowledge. Right, you are not shaken by anything. Yeah. When you see something that's contrary, you, you reject it with all your vim. All the vim. You see, if you sick, if you see sickness in any way, in any form around you, don't behave like whatever. Reject it with strength. Yeah. With strength. Don't say, oh, uh, this thing is in my family. Which family are you talking about? Which family are you talking about? Which of the families do you belong in? Which of the families do you belong in? Why should not the dispensation of the Spirit, this spiritual ministry whose task it is to cause men to obtain and be governed by the Holy Spirit, be attended with much greater and more splendid glory? You think you have prospered? Wait and see. No, you think that we have done something. You think that we have done something. You are now, you are now coming to prosper. You are now coming to enjoy health. You are now coming to enjoy glory. You are now coming to enjoy influence. You are now coming to live the life that God has called you to live. Man of God, your business, eh, what you are doing, eh, you listen, you will make millions of dollars. So I tell you, it's written all over you. Yeah, that's your life. That's your life. Millions of dollars. It's not for one, it's not for two. Those guys dwelt in wealth. He says he gave them nations. He gave them nations. He gave them nations. He gave them kingdoms. What do you want? What do you want? What do you want from him? What do you want from him? He gave them kingdoms. Man of God, you want it, right? He gave them kingdoms. I don't know what you're looking for, but he's ready to give it to you. For you to have more, abundantly beyond what you can ask or think. Your ministry is now starting. Your ministry is now starting. Your ministry is now starting. I tell you. I tell you. Glory. Christ in you. Glory. Glory alone. Glory alone. Power alone. Love alone. Joy alone. Power alone. Health alone. Wealth alone. Nothing else. Sit down for two minutes. Let me say to you. Go to verse 9. Go to verse 9. He says, if the service that condemns, that service was a service that condemned them. Thou shalt not do this. Thou shalt not do that. And he made them know that, Charlie, I don't have strength. Even that one came with glory. In their weakness, they had God working with them and helping them. For if the service that condemns the administration of doom had glory, if that one had glory, how much more? How indefinitely more abounding in splendor and glory must be the service that makes righteous? Let's read the King James. It's nicer. King James. For if the administration of condemnation, the service of condemnation be glory, if it came with glory, how much more does the ministration of righteousness exceed in glory? How much more? The administration of right. This is this is what this is what is happening in the New Testament. You see, when we when we talk about the gospel, 
The gospel is the gospel of righteousness. Okay? Is the gospel of what? Righteousness. Righteousness is the key thing of the gospel. That is what this is all about. What is righteousness? I spoke about three levels of righteousness. There are three levels of it. Okay? The first one is a gift of righteousness. Where a man is declared not guilty before God. Do you see? Romans chapter 4, verse 25. Look at Romans 4, 25. It says, Christ, who was delivered for offenses and was raised on account of our justification. The word justification is our being declared not guilty. Do you see? Our being declared not what? Not guilty. Hallelujah. So in ourselves, as children of God, we have been declared not guilty before God. God says that, ah, because of what Jesus did, you, you are right with me. You have free standing with me. You can come close to me. You have acceptance before me. With that acceptance, you can stand before the devil and tell him, listen, I'm, I'm accepted before God. You can't do anything about it. That's a fair, it's called the gift of righteousness. Okay? In, in Romans chapter 5, verse 17, he talks about it. He talks about the gift of righteousness. Okay? For if by one man's offense death reigned by one, how much more they which receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness. So righteousness is given to you as a gift. You are declared not guilty as a gift by God. That's what we read in, in the previous verses. If you remember, we read from verse 8, Romans chapter 5, from verse 8 to verse 9. Look at it. Go to verse 8. But God commanded his love towards us in that while we are yet sinners, Christ died, Christ died for us. Next verse. But much more than being now justified, being now declared not guilty by his blood. So we have been declared not guilty because of his blood, because of Jesus' blood. So we have righteousness with God. We have right standing with God. That's the first level. It's called the gift of righteousness. It's to have a right standing with God. Okay? Yeah. It's for God to accept you as right, as good, as correct, as untainted. Okay? Yeah. Huh. That's the first level. The second level is Christ. After the person, after, after, Margo, I used it the last time, isn't it? Okay, so this, this is a man. Okay? Please come. This is Jesus. Okay? Please come. And this is God. So you stand here. No, you stand here. And then you stand here. This is God. Please stand here. This is God. Okay? Uh-huh. This man could not come to God. It's impossible. He can't even have any relationship with him. Because of sin. The nature of sin that was in him. But this man, Jesus came to come and die and fulfill a work. Sinless man. He lived in life, but then did not do any sin. And then when he died, he died because of him. He was delivered on account of this one's offenses. He didn't do anything. He didn't do anything wrong. He was fine with God. He was actually in God. And came out of God. And lived as a man. Do you see? He was delivered. He was given on account of our offenses. The offense of his offenses. Because of this man, this one was taken to court and judged and killed even though he was not guilty so his guiltlessness was imparted to him you see his righteousness was imparted to him so that he can now become a friend of god so now he can come close to god you see Uh uh-huh so now he's with god but being with god god did much more than this one God declared him not guilty. So now they are friends. They can be, so you can move around. You and God are moving. They are moving and going up and down. 
like that. They are fine. Because of this one's sacrifice. Now, after God had done that, after God had done that through Christ for him, God said, it's not enough. Because every now and then, he feels that he's not good. Because of the devil. Come, you're the devil. (laughs) He's not, okay? It's just an example. (laughs) Because he's always accusing him. You are not good. You are not good. <laughs> you are a very bad man. Look at how you are looking at the girl. <laughs> so whenever, whenever he is talking like that, this man feels like, hey, like I'm not so close to God. Though. Yeah. I don't know if this thing that they say he says it for me, I don't know if it's even true. I'm still, I, I, I don't know. I'm not so good enough. God knew. God foresaw that he would have that problem. Because of the world in which he was, which in which he is. He knew that because the word in which he is, he will have challenges here and there with his mind and all of that. So God decided that, okay, apart from you being the righteousness, you uh, having the gift of righteousness, being declared not guilty before God, now I'm going to make the, this one who is guiltless. When he was living on earth, he was guiltless. When Jesus was on earth, the Bible says he was tempted in all points. Yet without sin. Hebrews chapter, Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15. Look at Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15. For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. So whatever this guy will go through, that, that what you hear, he said, you looked at that girl. Look at the way you are looking at that. Look at the way you are looking at that girl. He feels bad. But when Jesus was on earth and he saw a girl, he didn't look at her. Or when he looked at her, he looked at her with the eyes of God and saw her as a child of God and blessed her. Do you see? So when this guy says that you, you are bad, you are looking look at the way you are looking at this girl. God says, you can now point to this one. He makes this one, Jesus, his righteousness. So he's no longer, he doesn't only have the gift of righteousness, making him acceptable before God. Now Jesus has become his righteousness. So he can refer to Jesus that, hey, what the devil is accusing me, he can say that, ah, are you serious? Someone was tempted and was is without sin. His name is Jesus Christ. Because of him, I don't have a problem. I am in him and he's in me. My righteousness is a person. His name is Jesus Christ. Do you understand? Uh-huh. So, if you read in First uh, Corinthians 1 verse 30, But of him are ye in Christ, who of God is made unto us wisdom. Jesus is made unto him wisdom. His, his wisdom is not what he gets from someone. His wisdom is a person. His name is Jesus. He's the very embodiment of wisdom. He's the, he's the encapsulation of wisdom and knowledge. So our wisdom is a person. His name is Jesus. Not only our wisdom, he says he's our righteousness. Jesus is our righteousness as well. Do you understand? He's our righteousness. So if you feel bad because of something you did, remember that someone who was tempted like you are, but did not fall like you are falling, is your righteousness, is your right standing with God. So you can always be with God. That is why we have scriptures like First, First, uh, First John chapter two, verse one. Okay, my little children, these things write down to you that you sin not. Then it says, if any man, if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. Jesus Christ, the righteous. He is the righteous one. So he is, my, he is my righteousness. Christ is my righteousness. So if the gift of righteousness should fail. Do you see? You are accepted before God, but if you feel that it's like Charlie, this thing I did, Charlie, Charlie, Charlie. Remember that someone was tempted in like manner as you have been tempted now and have fallen, and was without sin, and that one is now your righteousness. So you are permanently accepted before God. Always refer the devil to Him, brother. 
my righteousness. This is my righteousness. Jesus is my righteousness. This is my righteousness. My friend, you can't condemn me. This is my righteousness. I'm still accepted before God. I know that I'm, I'm not so whatever. Thank God that my righteousness is not me. Christ is my righteousness. Are you in the church? Uh-huh. That is why, go back to that one, Hebrews chapter 4, verse, verse 15. For we have an high priest which cannot be charged with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Because he was tempted without and was without sin, and is now a high priest, he says, come boldly to the throne of grace. That's the next verse. Let us therefore come because of him, come boldly. Don't be afraid. Don't let anything make you feel like, oh, nye, 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 I don't know. So that you can come boldly. Come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find help to help in time of need. So no matter what you have done, no matter what has happened, remember that Jesus is your righteousness. And because of him, you can always come boldly. You can always be with God and come and do whatever you need to do with God. This is God's own arrangement. It's God's own arrangement. God chose to do it like that. Why? Why did God do, make him, the, give him the gift of righteousness and make Jesus his righteousness? It was for this final purpose. It was to make him come, please come. I'm sorry for moving around like that. You're a big man. I should be moving around like that. It was for the purpose of making him the righteousness of God. You see, God cannot be wrong. It's not possible for God to be wrong. Has God been wrong before? If God says that this chair is a tree, it will become a tree. Why? Because he is righteous. He's right. Do you understand? God gave him the gift of righteousness and made Christ's righteousness for the purpose of making him the righteousness of God. So now God sends him out as his right as the displayer of him to display God, to display his deeds. Are you in the church? Please, you understand? That's the final, that, the final level is the reason for the first and the second. So that you, we, so you can deputize God. You can express God in the earth. So that you can be the rightness of God. If someone is looking for God, they must look for you. If someone is looking for the goodness of God, they must come to you. If someone is looking for the grace of God, they must come to you. If someone is looking for the blessing of God, they must come to you. If someone is looking for the kindness of God, they must come to you. If someone is looking for the love of God, they must come to you. Are you in the church? So 2 Corinthians 5 verse 21 is the third level of righteousness. For he has made him, he made Jesus to be sin for us. Who knew no sin? He made him the very epitome, the very embodiment of sin. Who knew no sin? So that we might be made, the word made that is ginomai, to come, it means to come into existence as the righteousness of God. So we are now the righteousness of God in the earth. So 1 Peter chapter 2 verse 9 is now our state. And you see, okay, let me show you. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and holy nation, a peculiar people. For what purpose? So that you should show for the praises of him that has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. This is Christianity. Christianity is a display of the righteousness of God in the earth. So if you are a child of God, this is your purpose. Your purpose is, is to display God. That is your purpose. To display God. Are you understanding? Look at the amplified of this. Thank you very much. You can kindly. Let's give them a round of applause. Now, this is the gospel. What I'm sharing with you now is the gospel. This is what the gospel is about. The gospel is to make us the righteousness of God. So that we can live out God wherever we go. And in order to make that happen, 
God gives you the gift of righteousness and makes Jesus your righteousness so that you can live him out. So that if you falter in living him out, you can remember that, oh, Christ is my righteousness. I am still a displayer of God. Let's continue displaying God. Do you understand? He says, but you were chosen race, a royal priesthood, a dedicated nation, God's own purchase special people. For what purpose? So that you may set forth the wonderful doings. So you are you are now here on earth to do God's doings. To set forth the wonderful deeds and display the virtues. Do you understand what you saw? You are, you are the one sent here on earth to display the virtues, the moral excellence of God. And perfections. God is perfect. You are the one who has been sent here to display God's perfection on earth. The perfection of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Romans chapter 1 verse 6, 16. Romans, look at Romans 1 16. For the gospel, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Brothers and sisters, if you start living the way God has designed for you to live, you'll be surprised at how much glory you enjoy. This is your life. Your life is there to display God. If you wear your clothes, if you wear your right attire, and start doing what God says you should do, or start living God, you'll be surprised. Most of us don't know what I'm talking about. Most of us know the first one. Righteousness as a gift. Some of us know the second one. Christ our righteousness. Most of us don't even know that one. That's why you can feel guilty about one thing for 12 years. Because you feel that you, you in yourself are qualified. Meanwhile, he's not talking about you in yourself. He says there's someone who is qualified. His name is Jesus. And he is now your righteousness. He is now your right standing with God. So you always have right standing with God. If you feel that you have done something wrong, don't look at yourself. Stop. Most of us are looking at ourselves. I did this. I did that. Meanwhile, God is wondering what is going on because he's seeing you in Christ. The sinless perfect man who was tempted in all points and yet without sin. Very few of us are living on the third level, which is to demonstrate God. Can you imagine if you knew, like I'm telling you now, that your life is to display God? How much love would you express? That is what God has made you for. To express his love. To express his kindness. To express his joy. To express his goodness. To express his power. His beauty. His wisdom. You are the expression of God's wisdom on earth. That is you. Can you imagine? That if someone wants to know the wisdom of God, the person must come and find you. Abraham was blessed for his enjoyment. But after being blessed, he was made a blessing for the enjoyment of others. So if others wanted to enjoy blessings, they needed to contact Abraham. Are you understanding? Now you 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 are not... You don't just have the gift of righteousness, which is very powerful... But now you are now the righteousness of God. You are the rightness of God in the earth. Just like Jesus was a display of the Father here on earth. Jesus said, the Father who dwelleth in me, he doeth the works. The works that I do, I do not do of myself. It's my Father who dwelleth in me. The words that I speak, I do not speak of myself. It's my Father who dwelleth in me, he doeth the works. Isn't it? He was God inside conscious. He knew that he was the expression of God. No man has seen the Father at any time. It is the Son, he has made him known. Who makes the Father known now in this earth? You. And I. So, 
in Romans chapter 1 verse 16, he lets you know what the gospel is for. The gospel is a path for, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, but it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believes, and to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Next verse. Then he says, for therein, inside the gospel, is the righteousness of who? The righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. My righteous one shall live by faith. Faith of what? Faith to display the fact that I am here to display the, the righteousness of God. I am the righteousness of God in here. Are you the church? Yeah. So in Romans chapter 3, verse 20, 21 and 22, he lets you know what the gospel is for. Therefore, by the doings of the Lord, there shall no flesh be justified in the sight. For by the Lord, law is the knowledge of sin. But now, the righteousness of God without the law is manifested, is made available, being witnessed by the prophet, by the prophet, by the Lord and the prophets. Next verse. Even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ unto all and upon all them that believe. For there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek. He says the righteousness of God has now been made available. Now God wants you and I to display him. Where is God? Is he new? If someone wants to find God, where does he need to go? You are now the address of God. <laughs> Sorry. You are now the one who displays God. 4K expression of God. Please, you understand? That is what the God, that is what it's all about. So he says that this is the ministration of the Spirit. The ministration of the Spirit is to make men righteous and make men display the righteousness of God. This is what the, this is what the Holy Spirit is here on earth. The Holy Spirit is here on earth to help you live out God. Go back to 2 Corinthians chapter 3. I don't know if I'm giving you too, ma- too many things at the same time. I'm barraging with the word, okay? Barrages of the word. So this one, he says that, let's read King James so that I can be faster. How shall not the ministration of the Spirit be rather glorious? Next verse. For even that which was made glorious had no glory in this respect, by reason of the glory that excelleth. Next verse. For if that which is done away was glorious, much more that which remaineth is glorious. I think we missed something. Yeah, verse 9. You didn't, you, you didn't read that one. For if the ministration of condemnation be glory, how much more does the ministration of righteousness? It's the ministration of the service of righteousness. The job of the Holy Spirit is to minister righteousness and to aid us in displaying the righteousness of God. That is why the Holy Spirit is in your life. Please, do you understand? So he says that if the ministration of condemnation be full of glory, how much more this ministration of making men righteous, doing all the three levels, making men righteous, making Christ their righteousness, and making them the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, how much more that one? Can you imagine it? Because you are the the headquarters of God. Is God not glory? You are now the headquarters of God. So as you are moving, what is moving? God is moving. Glory is moving. That is why he says in 2 Corinthians chapter 3. It's the same place. It's a discussion of the righteousness of God and the glory of God. 2 Corinthians 3.18 But we are with open face, beholding us in a glass, the glory of the Lord. Why? Because now, if you look into the mirror, do you see your grandmother? You see yourself. So he says, as you look into the word of God, you see yourself. You see God in you. You see God in you. And God is the glory. He's the glory. 
But we have a doping face, behold as the glory of the Lord. We have changed. The more we look at the word, the more we look at him in us, the more we look at Christ in us, the more we know that we are truly the expression of God in the earth. That only we can only expect one thing in our lives. Glory, beauty, joy, grace, health, prosperity, power, love. That is all you can expect in your life. Because that is what you are set for. So he says, those people had God coming and going. Now God is not coming and going. You are now the headquarters of God. God is at home in you. If God is at home in you, what does that mean? The more you know about what God is at, what God is in you, the more upgraded and updated you become. The more imparted you become. The Holy Spirit gets the opportunity to make him govern you. He gets to govern your mind some more. Are you in the church? It's called the glory of the ministration of righteousness. There's a glory that comes with the ministration of righteousness. For if the ministration of condemnation be glory, how much more the ministration of the of righteousness exceeding glory? So there's a glory of the ministration of righteousness, which is by the Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the one who, who ministers the righteousness of God. And there's a glory with it. There's a beauty that you can never underestimate. And he puts it in simple words: Christ in you, the hope of glory. The hope of glory. Pastor Chris gave a, a, a testimony of a friend of his who, you know, they were, they were in a group together. And this guy uh, didn't get much opportunity to minister with them. So one day he was led to give him the opportunity to minister. And uh, he would normally, you know, prepare by praying in a certain way during the day before he goes. You know, so he was expecting the guy to do the same. But he realized that the guy was just lying down on the bed. They were in the same room. He was in the corner of the room and the guy was lying on the bed. So he felt the guy was asleep. So he was worried about him. And you're going to preach in the evening. Look at how you are sleeping. He wanted to wake him up, but just decided to leave him alone. Now, whilst he was seated writing some things, some things concerning how the program will go and all of that in the evening, he heard something shaking in the room. And then it to stop. And then it to stop. And then it to stop. So he was wondering, ah, what's going on? When he comes to come and check the other side of the room, you see the guy lying down. Nothing is happening. Then he go and sit down. And then you hear it again. So he decided to stay and watch what was going to happen. So he stood watching. Whilst he was standing there, the bed came up. The guy was lying on the bed. The bed just rose up like that and shook. And then went down again and rose up and shook. And then went down again and rose up and shook. And then went down again. Shook. Went down again. He was just standing there looking at the guy. Eh? What is this? He just kept quiet and went to sit down. And waited for the guy to come back out of his sleep. <laughs> when the guy came back out of his sleep, his supposed sleep, he asked him, what were, you, what were you doing? Do you know what was happening? And the guy said, what was happening? The guy didn't even know what had happened. He wasn't, he wasn't conscious of it. You see, God wanted to help the man of God to know something. It was not, the guy knew it. So he didn't know, he didn't need an evidence to know that he knows what he knows. Do you see? 
So he told him, this was what was happening. Your bed will rise and shake and fall and rise and shake and fall. That was what I saw. Then the guy started laughing. He said, oh, I was meditating on who Christ is in me. I was meditating on his power, his glorious power at work in me and what it would do for the people as I go to that service. What Christ in me would do. When I speak, Jesus will speak to them. When I touch, Jesus will touch them. When I look, Jesus will look at them. Remember, we are set as a righteousness of God. We are the displayers of God. This is, who our, this is what our lives is for. He says when they went for the meeting, there was a cripple in that meeting. The young man did not say rise up and walk. He said receive the Holy Ghost. He said receive the Holy Ghost to the guy who was in the wheelchair and he stood up and ran, speaking in tongues, running all over the place. He said the meeting was... It was basa. It was not easy. The power of God was all over. Yeah. Because of that revelation. It's what has been hidden. You have so much power, you don't know. I'm telling you now. I said I'm telling you now. That you have too much power. All you need to do is to sit down and start meditating on who Christ is in me. Christ is in me. The hope of glory. That business will work. You can use that power to touch that business. That power and you can touch whatever. Whatever it is that you're doing. Makes no difference what it is that you do. Makes no difference what it is that you do. Remember, you are set for the display of God. What will happen if God should touch photography? What will happen? What will happen if God should touch um, block, block sale? If God should get involved in the sale of blocks? Or in the sale of cement? In the sale of water? What will happen if God should get involved in the sale of water? What will, what will happen if God were a medical doctor? If he were a lawyer? If he was a, me- a mechanic? What will happen? Stop asking those questions. He's in you. When you touch it, he has touched it. Now know the fact that when you touch it, he has touched it. When you touch it, he has what? He has touched it. What can you expect? Only glory. Say only glory. Only glory. Hallelujah. Have you learned anything? Have you been blessed? Rise upon your feet. I want you to just speak in the spirit. God bless you for listening. We pray that the word of God will be rooted and grounded in your heart as you give attention to the word. Kindly follow Pastor T and Love Economy Church on all social networks for more of God's word. Don't forget to subscribe to the Pastor T podcast. Simply search for Pastor T on any podcast app, plug in and enjoy God's word. Visit our website at loveeconomychurch.org for more information. God bless.